0: Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs of the Club, your your University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined today by double-timing man, both co-host and producer seducer Martin Heemstra, holding it down in Moscow. Martin, how's it going?
1: It's going great. It's a lot better of a day after another Vandal win. The weather's not so crappy, no power flickering in in Moscow right now, so all is good right now.
0: Yeah, we've got some people jumping on the live stream. Thank you. Uh, We've got some supervisors in the live stream reminding us like, hey, dudes, your stream's running a few minutes late, Brian. What in God's name is going on? And uh, like I told Tom, like I told Patrick, Martin and I need to coordinate so we could land on amateur hour ASAP. And I'm sure we'll find it pretty quick. Look, today we have the single topic of University of Idaho beats the shit out of Eastern Washington, 48 to 16, take home the inaugurable, inaugural, inaugural, she's inaugurable, already amateur hour, the inaugural Chisco Cup. Martin's laughing in the background. He's doing a good job muting himself. But like I said, we, we're going to land on amateur hour. We're here. Idaho takes home the Chisco Cup, as, which is what Jason Eck is calling the former governor's cup he discovered uh, in the in University of Idaho trophy case. Game ends, 48-16. they There really wasn't much drama besides in the first quarter. So Idaho takes ball first possession. There's a small amount of driving, but they're they're forced to punt, which is a bit surprising because Eastern has a god-awful defense, but Eastern's god-awful defense will make a cameo appearance quickly after. Next drive for Eastern. Eastern, uh, it's 13 13 plays for 58 yards, ends in a shockingly made field goal for the Eagles. Idaho follows that drive up with – one play interception from Giovanni McCoy uh, kind of rough looking pick too. one of the few blemishes on McCoy's day Uh, and about halfway through the first quarter. It was a little concerning as a Vandal because the interception also gave Eastern pretty dang good field position. But from then on, it was, it was all, it was all Idaho, Idaho forces a turnover on downs on their next Idaho's next drive, Hayden Hatton catches his first of four touchdown passes, a 33-yard pass from Giovanni McCoy. Second quarter, it's all all Idaho. Four touchdowns for Idaho, three from Hatton. So so that's four total for Hayden Hatton receiving touchdowns, as well as a four-yard touchdown run from Rashawn Johnson. The Eagles Eagles score one touchdown, an 87-yard pass uh, from Gunnar Talkings into Nolan Olam. But, look, it's 35-7. Sorry, 35-10 at halftime. And Idaho is more or less in cruise control, holds on for 48-16 win on the day. We're gonna go through this game slightly different because look, there's almost nothing, there's very few negative things to talk about for Idaho. So we're actually gonna hit with what did not go well first, because only honestly about five plays to even talk about in my mind. So Martin, the very brief discussion in Idaho's 48-16 domination of Eastern, what did not go well?
1: For me, like the what did not go well was at least one. I can't remember the first interception off the top of my head, but the second one where like the, the two interceptions for me were like the things that did not go well. It seemed like Giovanni was like that last second interception was more trying to force the, the, re- the receiving record touchdowns for a game to Hayden was I think maybe trying to be a little too forceful, but that was kind of the one thing that was my one what did not go well.
0: Yeah, the two picks Martin's talking about is already referenced the the first interception on Idaho's Idaho's second drive, which Idaho uh, Idaho took over at their own twenty five in that drive, where McCoy immediately threw a pick. Second interception came in the third quarter. Idaho's Idaho's in the red zone, and I honestly I believe you're right that McCoy Hayden hadn't tied the Idaho receiving record for touchdowns in a game. He tied in the first half with four. And uh, pretty sure Idaho really wanted to get him that fifth one. McCoy threw into, honestly, looked like uh, it was at least double coverage. I thought honestly thought there were three guys in the area. But, hey, uh, minor mistake. The two things to me that did not go well were another just two total plays, which is Idaho surrendered two very long, very long touchdowns. Uh, both uh, Jeremiah Salam was the corner who was beat on the coverage. The first was the second quarter 87-yard touchdown pass to Nolan Olm the second and and that first one to Nolan, um, Salon made a play on the ball, trying to break it up. He just wasn't close to breaking the pass up. And then there was no one over the top stop home. Last touchdown was in the fourth quarter, 75 yard touchdown pass from Gunnar Talkington to Freddie Roberson. Again, uh, Salon beat over the top, but truly like that's it guys. There's not much else. Like Hayden Hatton did fumble once, but he recovered it. Otherwise I don't, I don't really think there's much talk about about what did not go well because Idaho dominated so severely in this game that Eastern, to me, did not even look like they're in the same class as University of Idaho. This looked like a Power 5 by game beatdown. So, Martin, the place we're going to spend more time, what went well for Idaho?
1: What went well for me? It's just um, I could take the obvious and say the pa- like passing of the game, but passing game to hayden hatton but i'm gonna go with rushing just it was they never got stopped it just they kept rolling for nearly six yards. they kept they nearly averaged six yards per rush it was as i've said before on previous shows like it just brings a tear to my eyes an offensive lineman
0: yeah eli cummings led the way 16 carries 128 yards on the ground no touchdowns number two rusher uh rashawn johnson had a bit a little bit of resurgence for himself uh last few games he Rashawn Johnson has not quite had the same yardage as we uh probably expected week one the season. But Johnson, nine rushes for 66 yards. He pounds in two touchdowns. And that that's also become kind of Johnson's role is he's uh he's a guy who pounds it in when Idaho's, you know, first and goal. Anthony Woods also 17 rushes for 63 yards. Nick Romano saw some action at the end for the first time in quite a while. Four rushes, 36 yards. On the game, Idaho, 308 rushing yards on 52 carries. Uh so Martin, you are Absolutely right on the ground. Idaho just completely decimated uh, Eastern. It did take a minute for East, for Idaho to kind of turn it on on the ground. The turning point to me was start started rushing Eli Cummings around the outside, and Eastern just couldn't do anything. But the other offensive thing to me that went well, so maybe Martin after we hit this point, we can hit a couple of defensive points. Idaho, I think, probably shocked Aaron Best because Aaron Aaron Best knows his team cannot stop any rushing attack. So early in the game, I think Aaron best was trying to load up kind of, kind of stop Idaho from running because Idaho also rushes about 60% of the time on average, Idaho through the air minus those two interceptions was uh pretty damn good. Giovanni McCoy, 16 to 28, 218 yards, four touchdowns had the two picks. Uh, but the, the big guy to me today, of course, Hayden Hatton, man, he's got 12 receiving touchdowns on the season. Now he has Ten receptions, 146 yards, four touchdowns. In the first half, Eastern, Eastern got burned when they were trying to single cover cover Hatton. They just don't have the guys to do it. Look, virtually no one in the Big Sky does. But Hatton was open essentially whenever whenever McCoy could get him the ball. Hatton was Hatton was open. Uh, the four touch all the three about three of his four touchdown catches also just look nice. But look at this point, Hatton feels like he's probably the best wide receiver in the Big Sky. In my mind, at least. And he's certainly producing like he's the best receiver in the big sky. Uh, but look, offensively, Idaho is able to just just dominate this football game. I mean, look, if you want to look at total yardage for Idaho, 531 yards for the Vandals today. And Martin, the last – look, last, couple, last drive or last couple of drives for Idaho, the Vandals were not looking to run up, run up the score and hit 50. I wanted Idaho to run up the score and hit 50, return the favor from last season. But Idaho finishes with 531 yards, and that's also with not really pushing it in probably the last half of the fourth quarter. Defensive side of the ball now, Martin, what went well?
1: Outside of the two big plays that they gave up, it just seemed like a complete – like a – just a – like a total team, like a complete – Good game by the defense, only giving up two hundred seventy-eight yards on the eight two hundred seventy-eight yards total against Eastern, which is normally like they love to go on offense. But it just it was, it was definitely. It I'd say just the whole defense. It was the big thing for me.
0: Yeah. So Martin referenced the two big plays. We got those out of the way early because minus those two big plays, Idaho surrendered a total of one hundred sixteen yards in this game. That's what when, when I said Eastern didn't look like they belong. That's what I meant. The, the Eagles are held to 0 of eleven on third downs. So I, look, there, there's just no facet minus those two plays to look at where Idaho did not dominate. I mean, look at look at the Eastern ground game, Martin. We know that's not a great. They're not a great rushing team, but 36 total rushing yards on 20 attempts for the Eagles. They just, they never got any sort of ground game going whatsoever. And minus those, look, the passing game is what led the way. But minus, honestly, minus those two big pass, look, Gunnar Talkington accrued 162 passing yards on those two plays. Outside of those two plays, Talkington goes 15 of 28 for 80 yards. I, I that's one I just can't, I can't move off of fast. I can't really move off of this as far as talking about the domination of this game. If those two broken plays don't happen, Eastern's got three points and sub 150 total yards in this game. That's worse. That's like Simon Frazier level numbers, Martin, that and we'll, we'll get to key players in a second, but was there any moment in this game for you where you really had any question about Idaho defensively, minus maybe that first drive, minus maybe the drive after right after McCoy threw the pick and Eastern had good field position. They they were in position to go up 10 0 early. Minus maybe that moment. Was there even a play or two where you were like concerned at all about Idaho defensively?
1: Damn it. Damn, I did it. Amateur hour strikes. Uh no it was a uh it was a. There wasn't really anything. There wasn't anything that made me lose the hope, if you will. It was a, like for even a play. Yeah, not even for a play. It didn't even feel like it. Just like the trust and hope that Rob Ar- Arich and like the defensive staff have made me not believe. Like made me believe and not think that they're gonna choke a game away. Is just it. it that's it. That's how much I trust them now.
0: Yeah, and this is another game. Idaho time of possession. 41 minutes, 38 seconds, Eastern, 18 minutes, 22 seconds. So we've seen that kind of magic ballpark number, Martin. By the way, speaking of amateur hour, we're in a round in the bar brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. We see that magic number again. Idaho, 42 minutes, opponent, about 18 minutes. So even if, look, Idaho's defense was humming, just getting Eastern off the field. Idaho was early also. Idaho was passing a bit more, so they were not necessarily burning clock completely the way let's say idaho did against northern arizona that, that element was still there for sure but not 100 same way but idaho's getting eastern off the field immediately again over 11 for the eagles on third down conversions this was a we know that eastern's uh in a down year and but we still know eastern offensively they're not a terrible offensive team but the, this was just a complete just a complete beat down so mm-hmm. Uh, look, we'll, we'll get to a little bit more on this game, and I, I have a question for you about Eastern later, Martin. But uh, we have game balls to get to. So offense, I think I think we're going to land on the exact same dudes again. But uh, you know what, Dallas, if you want that to change, show up. Um, <laughs> game ball offense, Martin. Who you going with? I I'm not going to take the obvious approach here. I'm just going to go
1: with the just go with the kind of a general all kind of thinking just go with the rushing attacks today just given get yesterday was getting 300 yards on the ground
0: okay brian how about you i i accept this uh you're saying the you're saying look idaho's idaho didn't have a like a feature back idaho's just effective on the ground the whole day i'm gonna that is i'm gonna accept that i'm gonna give my game ball to hayden hatton because dudes dude tied an offensive record and if Idaho really pushed it, probably could have said it. I, a, a ton of Vandals really did want Idaho to. They're both thankful for Aaron Best for annihilating Paul Petrino last year, but also want to pay Aaron Best back. And look, we Idaho did. This was This was a game Aaron Best probably pretty embarrassed about. But Hayden Hatton sets a ties record with receiving touchdowns in the first half. 10 receptions, 146 yards. Dude is just looking spectacular all the time McCoy had some very nice deep throws too. So I, d- I don't want to completely write off McCoy's production because minus those two picks McCoy had another very strong game, but Hayden Hatton looking, making a very clear case for all big sky game ball defense, Martin.
1: I, I don't know if I can just pick one person. It just was a it dig outs again, like outside of those two plays. It just was a team effort and they, they, pretty much shut down eastern i would just give it to the entire dead give it to everybody on defense
0: okay let's to make it slightly narrow i'm going to make you pick one because we look idaho look you're probably right like they're honestly minus jeremiah salam getting beat this was a twice this was an entire entirely strong defensive team defensive effort uh which was more impressive to you martin Idaho shutting down Eastern's ru- rush, or minus those two plays, how Eastern couldn't pass.
1: What was more impressive? I, I, I'd go with the pass defense just shutting them down outside of those two big plays.
0: Yeah, see, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, because it was a, it was a complete team effort, but in every, every facet of this game. But if you look at Talkington stats, minus those two big throws. The, those are rough, rough numbers. So uh, I'm going to try to have a, be a little bit more, more specific here because I do agree with you. Though both areas were impressive. Honestly, minus those minus two pass plays, the the secondary was incredibly impressive because because Gunnar Talkington is not a bad quarterback. Eastern has two All Big Sky level receivers in Freddie uh, Freddie Roberson and Efton the III, and minus two catches the entire Eagle receiving core is just on the shelf. Uh, my defensive player of the game in sticking with um, hitting both areas, I'm going to go with Paul Moala. He didn't have uh tackle numbers that, you know, lit, lit the world on fire, but uh, also was involved. In, you know, he had a pass breakup. So he was involved both in stopping the run and stopping the pass too. There's a lot of other guys we could go with. No one has individually eye popping stats, but part of that is because look, if, if, if Eastern's not having success anywhere, look they're not getting, for example, every reception means there's a potential tackle. Well, if Eastern's not catching any passes, that's fewer tackles. And with Eastern getting yanked off the field so quickly, 18 minutes total, uh, there just weren't that many opportunities for Idaho to have a single defensive player crew stats, which, hey, you know Martin, different question for you. Uh, the combination of pass plays and rush plays for East, for Eastern, how many plays? did the Eagles get off?
1: Uh, I just take a guess. I'm going to go
0: 60. You were close 56. Mm. And I bring that up because Idaho had 52 rushing attempts just alone. 52 that, uh, that's in addition to 29 pass attempts. So yeah, Idaho, gets almost double the amount of plays off. Eastern just didn't have enough plays for honestly any defensive guy to have eye-popping stats. So uh, yeah, there's our game balls. Uh, Before we get to other takeaways, I'm going to try to not completely screw this up with our sponsor, Around the bar brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Hughes River Expeditions has been Vandal owned and operated since 1976 and are ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Mill Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River, no return the Salmon River canyons and Selway and check out special trips like the one to see the Perseid meteor shower camp on pristine beaches run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife soak in beautiful natural hot springs and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. You just bring your clothes let hre handle the rest so grab a paddle catch dinner ride the ball throughout the gem state with hughes river call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at hughesriver.com so martin now that we've hit some specifics any uh, any other broad takeaways you have that uh this game kind of ironed out for you because i know look there's there's a couple for me we can hit about the environment we can hit the playoffs but Uh, Since you're taking a break from uh, seducing right now while still producing, take the wheel, man. Any other takeaways?
1: Just overall from the game, uh, I think the blatant one is just uh, keeping it to the football side of things. I got some other things I could say about the ops side of things. It just felt like it... This one just, this game just kind of really outside of maybe the NAU game for a little bit, but this one just felt like they were in control wire to wire and it never it just nothing really felt in doubt at all.
0: Okay, I see what you're saying. In the NAU game, though the score was it was twenty that was a what, 27-10, I believe.
1: 27-17, 27-10, something like that. It was that.
0: 10. It was it was 10. Um I know NAU scored 10, but minus the one point differential we're looking at for Idaho, that was not a game where Idaho had like a huge discrepancy between first half, second half performance. Whereas like Northern Colorado, Portland State, they're especially on the defensive side of the ball there Was a pretty big first half, second half discrepancy this game? No real discrepancy other than Eastern scores on their first drive on the field goal. That's really it. Otherwise, Eagles were completely locked down. Um, I want to, I got a just environment takeaway, Martin.
1: I got one more thing I wanted to say about the game. It just yeah. was also, it also seemed kind of like a I say get right game, but it also was nice to see Ricardo Chavez go two for two on field goals that fit the game today. Yesterday was the other was the other thing I was going to mention just to have him not just to have, get that mindset, right. Of making those field goals again, because we're probably going to need, if we go to the playoffs, we're probably going to need him to make a game winner.
0: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Chavez had, he was great to start the season. Then heading in, heading into the Montana game. He missed his first one, had a run where he went between Montana and today. He was two of five on field goal attempts. Hasn't missed any extra point. So it's not like the whole thing was coming, came shattering down, but you're right. Chavez hits, he goes two for two on his field goals, hits all his extra points. So maybe, maybe this was a get right game for Chavez. Got to talk about attendance today or yesterday, Martin, because attendance was pretty damn good.
1: Oh, yeah. It was seemed before you jumped to the number, it seemed it looked a lot higher than the, than the announced attendance. Yeah. I thought the, it was a lot higher than it, they, what they said.
0: Yeah. The announced attendance was just. Was eleven thousand eight hundred? I'm not staring at the change in front of me, but the the 11,811, 11, So not much change. Uh, I gotta say, Martin, I, I agree. It that felt like a thirteen thousand game. So mm-hmm. relative to Idaho and the Big Sky, that felt like better attendance than Idaho State homecoming twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, or right around there. It it was definitely it was objectively better attendance than Northern Colorado homecoming this year by oh, at least yes. a thousand the only comparable game to me just from the experience was Idaho hosting Montana in 2018, where there oh, was, yeah. there was better attendance in that game, but otherwise I don't, I don't think there, at least with how the dome felt, I didn't feel, I don't remember a better Idaho, a better attended game for Idaho since returning to the big sky. So uh, that was a huge takeaway for me. It was that it was parents weekend. So there's probably a few extra people there. Um, Idaho also is being pretty aggressive with ticket sales. It was buy one, get one for that Eastern game. After, I mean, not when you bought season tickets, that was a week of sale, but the attendance is moving up. It's at the very least moving in the right direction, Martin. If we, if Idaho beats homecoming with the attendance to yesterday, which Idaho did. And that, that was honestly one of the things I've been anxious about this year is that Vandal coaches and the athletic department staff put, were putting a lot of effort into putting this team front and center. And as people who are super plugged in, you and I are not the only people who are really wanting more people to show up because we we knew pretty early this was going to be a fun team to follow. Um, just more casual fans, it was going to take time. The Spokane Media is covering University of Idaho now in a way they have not for a while, so more casual fans are being hit. So you'd say the efforts of the team and the athletic department organizationally are starting to pay off, and mainly the benefits of the team being good. Uh, in co- coaches doing what they need to do players taking care of business business as well we're starting to see fans show up and that's a big deal to me because there are some schools who even when they're solid they're good their attendance hasn't been that great like uh, weber state's actually a great example their attendance is not terrible but their attendance relative to their run of success is not what idaho fans would expect it's going to be and that for idaho this is just a season of being pretty good and attendance has been turned around so that's me's big takeaway. Um, the other you had some ops things you want to touch on. Do you want to touch on the ops things? Or t- yeah, t- on like
1: the Let's only say, thing that I would say was a negative from this was just the, the lines at which it was to go through to get like concessions and beer was just ungodly long. But that is also, I would say, a good thing to have because that means fans are coming to the game. Cause I know like the beer sandwich section on the student side was just, it was over on like section two. I want to say whatever it is. I can't remember the exact number kind of close where the team runs out of the tunnel. And then went down that crossover concourse and back. And it just was, it was a long line for a lot of stuff.
0: You're 100% right about the attendance. I'm going to hit the comment thread just for a moment. We've got uh Tom Kendall saying he, he has a, uh, I have full faith in Eckenstaff to get the W he's talking about against UC Davis. Uh, we've got Jesse Basher says attendance was another score that hasn't happened much in a while. Yep. That, that was a big deal. Uh, we've all also, we've got Andrew Townsend saying so cool to see the dome that full on TV. C Hansen saying uh, when those small side narrow seats have people, you know, it's a good crowd. Yeah. He's talking about the very, very edge rows on all on the four corners of the dome. So, Anyway, comment Thread has some of the same takes we have. Martin, you are right about concessions, in particular beer. Um, Look, I don't buy beer at the stadium, but a lot of people do. They're sold for like $10 a beer. And it's a reasonable frustration, I think, for a fan to say, look, I'm, I'm not allowed to leave and come back into the game without a second purchase ticket. You are selling beer in here for $10 each. Why do I have to gamble missing an entire quarter to get a $10 beer? So there, that just needs to be staffed better. That's a that's a that's a brain dead improvement. Now, I mean, maybe it's fair, Martin, to say that look, attendance did take a big jump. Maybe the staffing was not anticipating that level of attendance. The pushback being, yeah, the athletic department has the figures of who's coming to games. So if there's coordination needs to take place, obviously it's got to take place. Uh, but the environment itself is good. You're just right that. Maybe that's going to be a learning curve, too, Martin, in that as people more people are coming, the level of staffing is just going to have to adjust. But that is a fair thing, I'd say, to be frustrated about as far as, like, the environment of the game. But overall, energy in the dome is good. Yes. Everyone's happy as hell at these games now.
1: Oh, yeah. The um, other one thing, I know Nick Weber brought it up. I want to give, I plug his thing. You're at a football game, people are going to stand. Don't complain when people stand in front of you, okay? That is it, annoys me when people do that. And if you're also going to bring young children into the student section and students swear, don't be making them weird looks at them,
0: okay? Martin, we're gonna you are correct on those two points, which is to say, Sorry, I had
1: the sorry, it's amateur hour, I gotta get my time in.
0: No, dude, that's not amateur hour. I mean, look, this is. Here's the thing I'd say some Vandal fans are going to have a learning curve. I just talked about how there might be a learning curve for the department in and events in staffing these things. Well, look, some fans are going to have learning curve too. These games aren't a graveyard anymore. It's like you can't go to the Kibby Dome for your afternoon nap. Like you could have a couple for the last few seasons, it's not going to happen. So if you're look, if you have a GA ticket, sit in the GA section, not the student section, like weirdly, if you're a non-student, maybe let the students have their own section and leave them alone because you're not a student. Second, I've got a really young kid. I have a one-year-old. I take my one-year-old to games. I don't sit in the student section. I, as a non-student, I take her elsewhere. Uh, got to hit Nick Weber's point, too. That's maybe another learning curve. The team's fun now. People are going to be into the game. People are going to stand. So, yeah, if you're a fan who doesn't want to just I don't know what to tell you, like, I don't know, go root for Idaho state or something like that. At some point that the energy is going to get better. If we start to get games sold out, like there's a world where, Hey, let's say this keeps rolling and rolling for Idaho into next year. Martin homecoming against Montana next year. That feasibly could be standing room only.
1: Oh boy. I am excited for that. Um, I, if that's not a sellout, I am going to be very disappointed.
0: Yeah. Oh no. I, I, if Idaho's good, I expect it will be because Grizz fans will travel. And if Idaho fans are showing up, that's going to be close. If that's not a sellout, it's going to be close to a sellout, but that look, that's just going to be a thing that changes is if Idaho's going to be good, the dome might become a more raucous place might mean some people have to stand up who don't like it. I don't care. Deal with it. Um, that's what we call a good problem here. Um, Want to hit takeaways leading into the next week. Look, look, we're going to talk about the Davis game on Tuesday, but Idaho's at six FCS six division one wins six FCS wins Idaho for sure needs to pick up one of our last two against Davis and Idaho state Idaho state is dog shit so I'm not concerned about the seventh Um, this game against Davis is going to be a big deal it's uh the if Idaho's going to have a prayer at a seed Idaho has to win out and that still might not be enough because of Idaho's schedule just Idaho didn't get a schedule as many FCS games as Montana or like Sacramento state either but Idaho is Idaho's playing for playoff position. Big game, guys. So if you have not yet made your plans to go to that game, do it. Other people are doing it. The environment's fun. The team's kicking ass. This is a – this is one of – Martin, this is such – this is like the biggest game for Idaho as far as actual like playoff placement or the stakes of this game. This is the biggest game Idaho's had since rejoining the Big Sky. Like this is truly a game where Idaho can slant and can just slam home that they're gonna be in the playoffs and also begin make at least the, the case they can for a first round buy. This is huge, dude. I mean, and it's in it's a one year turnaround from last year's graveyard to this. This is oh yeah, the season's almost over, guys. Football season goes by in a blink. If you haven't gotten if you haven't come along for this ride yet, you got one week left to do it in Moscow. Martin, you looked like you were making a point.
1: Oh, I've got nothing.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Martin. <laughs> Martin, bringing up the basketball season's coming. Look, well, actually, hey, the men have a game on Monday. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on the show talking about basketball until there's no football to talk about. But, hey, check it out. I mean, it's going to be on uh, on TV or on online. You can stream it. They're playing the University of Denver. So, hey, a thing to pay attention to, but pivoting back. The the games are a celebration now, Martin. Oh yeah, which Idaho games haven't been a celebration? Yeah,
1: it's also it also it is the last game of the season. It is Senior Day. Come celebrate the seniors that helped make this turnaround go by a lot quicker than the most people probably thought it would.
0: I celebrate the seniors who had to deal with the Paul Petrino era too. Mm-hmm. They, they get to see this at the end. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of seniors are uh, sorry. A lot of the seniors on the roster are still are still playing a good amount there's some seniors who are not playing as much as we thought they would which i mean look that that part sucks for them of course but we've got some guys who stuck with idaho through a really rough patch they they get it's good for them they get to see the rewards here show up to the dome clap your ass off for them martin you got any any final takeaways
1: Uh, no i just support the team and just come out for one final time in the regular season,
0: wink, wink, maybe. Exactly, man. Dan Hawkins needs a van loss. Dan Hawkins coaching Davis. We we couldn't get him when he was in Boise State, but we've got a chance now. So I think we can call that a show, Martin, because we'll be back on on Tuesday. I should be on tonight for the uh, Big Sky Podcast Network Power Rankings minor asterisks there of just confirming that I'm going to do it. We're going to, I'm going to want to spend a little bit more time talking about potential all league dudes. Cause we're, we're at the point now in the big sky season, we know who's good. Uh, we know who sucks. Uh By the way, if you're, if you want some fun, Google Charlie Raggle press conference, Uh Greg Woods <laughs> published a friend of tubs, the club published an article for um whatever newspaper works for. I don't, I don't know what it is. He, Charlie Raggle went pretty – he he was hurt after that Idaho State game. Real rough time for Raggle and Idaho State. Martin is pulling it up so that I can actually, so that I can read it. Uh, and, by the way, there's more than what I'm just reading. But, yeah, Idaho State coach Charlie Raggle on his message to the team. This is from Greg Woods. Some of the guys are going to be done because you're seniors. The rest of you are going to be done because you're not playing here anymore. That's Raggle pretty damn frustrated after Idaho State hangs three points on UC Davis losing 7,524 to three. That's not an official tally, but look, that's another coach, man. Another first year coach. We, some people are living in the upside down world. Some are not, that is not Vandals, man. We, uh, we got the right guy. He kept the right players. He got some new players that we needed. It's a good time to be a Vandal Martin. I am ready to let the Picasso of outros play us out. If the Picasso of outros is ready.
1: Oh, I'm ready. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.